Jason. Hi, I'm Jaden. <laughs> the conversations before the podcast are great, and those, I can't wait to show you guys some of them. Those are usually the best <laughs> ones. Did you record all that before? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's amazing. Uh, this is our second episode. Mm-hmm. So, Welcome. Uh, you know, one of the things um, I've been thinking about kind of the rebranding in Actually, I, I'd actually love to get some feedback from the people that are watching. Oh, I'd love to hear thoughts on what what would be a good rebrand, what are some things. Because we don't want to just talk about the sermon, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's helpful. Yeah. Um, we're making an assumption that some people who are watching this have no connection to Zion whatsoever. They won't be going to the service on Sunday. They won't be involved at, at Zion. Yeah, and, and therefore, they may not know the message or any mm-hmm. of that. But I still think the idea, and, and we talked about this last week, um, you know, we're, we're thinking it more of like, how can we bring encouragement to uh, to people who are trying to follow Jesus, people who are exploring Jesus, mm-hmm. trying to answer some of the more tougher questions, things that we get faced with culturally, biblically, whatever it might be. For sure. Uh, so we've been talking about this year becoming uh, as a church, but also, and this is a challenge I want to give to anybody who's watching this, is, and I think this is uh, an important thing we say, all of us are in process of becoming something or someone. Mm-hmm. But if you're not intentional about that becoming, you'll probably become something or someone you don't want to be. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking about how easy it is to not be intentional about it. Yeah. And I think about the seasons in my life where, and I have them, it's hard. Intentionality is tough. Incredibly. And and as a Christian or someone who's trying to follow Christ, the idea that we can't just, how do I say this? I was talking to a friend of mine, and I think sometimes we think that just because we're a Christian, it's like the Holy Spirit's just going to automatically do these things in us, and we have no requirement on our part. Sure. We're being reactive to the Spirit, not yeah. proactive with the Spirit. Yes. Well, it's almost like I'm a Christian, and now all I need to do is believe in the gospel okay. and believe in Jesus, and that's going to change me. I don't, yeah. There's anything else is the work or law. And, sure. And, and that's not... The case, I mean, here's the thing. We're saved by grace, mm-hmm. but the process of becoming like Jesus is that work of sanctifying, right? It's a, mm-hmm. The word sanctification literally means to become mm-hmm. like Jesus. It's the process mm-hmm. that we are continually in through life. And, and you know, there. I think we, we talked last week about there are four gifts that God gives us mm-hmm. to help us become like Jesus. And, and the key is like. None yep. of us do it well, right? Yep. None of us perfectly. Nope. First, he gives us the word. Yep. So God's word is not a love letter. I think that's one of the first things that's important. For years, I was taught that. Yeah. In fact, I'd go to youth groups uh, or I'd go to a Bible camp and the, the speaker would go, the Bible is God's love letter to you. And then I'd read it. And I'm like, that's a weird love letter. Yeah. Well, and it's great that scripture even points that out itself. It's beneficial for teaching and, and admonishing and, and all these things, but it never says it's yours. Yeah. It's, it's not about you, mm-hmm. though it is helpful for us. Correct. And it does reveal in us. So we have God's word. Then we have God's spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and as Christians, it says that we have the Spirit of God in us as part of the new covenant. Mm-hmm. So we're sealed with the Spirit. And then we believe, and, and there are disagreements on this, but I believe in a second baptism that you are sealed with the Spirit, but then also we're called to be baptized in the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there are some disagreements. Some would say that that means you have to speak in tongues. I don't believe that. I don't think Scripture affirms that. 
Um, but my charismatic or Pentecostal brothers and sisters, they'll look at the text and say, well, every time somebody's baptized in the Spirit, they speak in tongues. The evidence of the, the second ev baptism. Yes, the primary evidence. And, and I would argue that the reason why they all spoke in tongues was to show, hey, the Spirit's for everybody, mm -hmm. not just for Jews, not just for Christians. Even even the, uh, the Gentile can speak in tongues. The Samaritans speak in tongues. And so tongues is the proof that the gospel is for everybody, that the Spirit is for everybody, not just to select mm -hmm feud uh, uh, ethnically. I think it's interesting. This is a little off topic. I think That's it's, okay. I think it's interesting that we've taken uh, speaking in tongues as a form of our Christian identity when all it says that tongues is is the Holy Spirit's groaning through our lack of wisdom and knowledge. Well, that's not... Well, that's part of it. Um, we also find that within the Holy Spirit, it does talk about in Corinthians that there is a gift of tongues mm -hmm. that is meant for the unbeliever and there has to be an interpreter of the tongue. Right. And that's different than a groaning. That could be a prophetic word. I'll be honest, in my experience with tongues, it's so funny. We just devolve so, it's fast. so fast. It's so fast. Uh, but this, I think this is important because some people think the goal of becoming a Christian means I speak in tongues. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not. Mm -hmm. um, Paul says, I'd rather hear one intelligible word than a thousand word in tongues. Yeah. Uh, that, that doesn't mean tongues doesn't have a place. It's that when we think the purpose of being spirit-filled means a gift of the spirit, mm -hmm. I would argue that fruit of the Spirit is the real evidence yeah, of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. It shouldn't be the goal, but... Yeah. And it's a blessing. They're mm -hmm. gifts for a reason, right? So we have the Word. Yep. We have the Spirit. We, maybe yeah, we, we should do an entire... Yeah, we talked about that a lot. I think there's some there's something there. I think we should do an entire... <laughs> maybe we'll do an entire podcast on, on tongues. Cool. Actually, a good friend of mine is an Anglican priest. Uh, his name is Dan Shoemake. He actually... We had this wonderful conversation about the gift of tongues, and he aligns it or equates it with sacramental. Yeah. theology. Okay. And I was like, I never thought about it that way. Sacramental theology, meaning God takes something ordinary with the Holy Spirit and creates something supernatural. Cool. And tongues is an ordinary thing. Mm -hmm. All human beings can speak. Yep. But then you add the element of faith and the Holy Spirit, and now you get God, the Spirit does something through it, just like he does in baptism. Sure. But it's not a sacrament that we believe in as far as it must be practiced within the church. Right. But I was like, that's an interesting take. Yeah. But we have the Spirit in us, right? All right. And in order to become like Christ, the same spirit who uh, inspired the word of God also resides in us, which is why when I, uh, the personal witness of scripture is I can read something in the Bible and a year ago I can read it, it means nothing to me. Mm -hmm. A year later I'll read it and that same spirit all of a sudden awakens something in me. And it doesn't mean I've interpreted it correctly, but the Lord can speak through scripture. Yeah. We still have to be faithful witnesses and understanding scripture and understanding context, whole nother conversation. Then we have the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. So that's the third gift is God gives us his people. Mm -hmm. And we're not meant to do community alone. Mm -hmm. And then last week we community talked about... Community alone. Community, yeah. That's that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think some people, they think I'm enough. Well, I don't need anybody else. Yeah. Or how about this one? Well, I've, I've got my family. Sure. We know you need more than your family. Mm -hmm. We need We need the family of God. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think God presses into that. And then the fourth gift was talking about prayer. Mm -hmm. And prayer is the power of prayer united with God's word and the spirit and his people. God does something powerful in helping us become like Christ. So uh, I, I, I want to talk about what happens. I think there's, and I don't want to call it a gift. Okay. But I think it could be considered a gift. I think you could see it as a gift, but I think it's a desire that God has for us. And that is that, it's that what God, what enacts or enables or that moves the word, the spirit, the people of God in prayer mm -hmm. to now all of a sudden we move in power is desperation. Okay. 
and the desperation of, of doing hard things. Okay. Right. And uh, I think I, I shared this last week, you know, I'm, I'm working with a personal trainer and, mm-hmm. and I've lost weight before. Mm-hmm. And, and I hope my prayer is that I stay with this. Mm-hmm. But like a lot of people who've had weight struggles, they'll, they'll lose weight and they'll do really good. And then something happens and they fall off and then, sure. and there's always that cycle. Right. Yeah. And, and right now, uh, the challenge that God has been giving to me, and I really believe it is a God-given challenge at this point. I'm reminded that my discipleship is not just about prayer. It's also a physical discipleship that God wants me to care for my body. Mm-hmm. And that requires hard things. Yeah. Uh, so we were talking about uh, in um, why is it that sometimes God heals people? who are praying for God to heal, whether an addiction, maybe it's an addiction to alcohol or drugs or pornography. I had a friend who was healed from anxiety where sometimes God radically heals, miraculously heals somebody, instantly takes it away. And yet more often than not, it seems like God doesn't. And we had this big, long discussion about why. Mm-hmm. And, and why would God not just take away something if it meant that that person wasn't going to suffer or struggle? And, and here's the, the, the question that we kind of ran into or that we, we talked about and I want to talk about here is what if God wisely in his love knows that if he just took away that addiction, you actually wouldn't become the person that God wants you to be. Yeah. What if that addiction, and, and again, this is assuming mm-hmm. that you are clinging to Jesus for your sobriety. You're not clinging to sobriety for your sobriety. You're not clinging to your own strength and power, but you're clinging to Jesus, which means you're in God's word. You're praying. Uh, you're in community. Um, you're you're desperate for the Holy Spirit to move. And in that, you have to fight every day for your sobriety, but you still have to fight. Mm-hmm. But you're clinging to Jesus. Yeah. What if God doesn't radically heal you or miraculously heal you from that addiction because... Honestly, the thing that's making you dependent upon him is that addiction, is that pain. Sure. Uh, So uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think one thing before we get too deep in this conversation, I think one thing I want to steer away them from thinking is uh, what you're not saying is that the works make God want to heal you. You're not saying that. No. But you are saying there is effort put into being intentional, being dependent on God. Well, and I, I well, okay, so let, let's clarify this. I think there's a difference between being healed and being saved. We are not saved by works. Right. But I think we could all, human experiences says we are often healed, experience healing through some level of right. effort. Let's right. stay away from the word works because works implies salvation. Okay. I would say effort. Okay. Let me give you an example. Um, okay. It's going to be a silly example, but because it's so practical to me right now, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what is the difference between me praying to the Holy Spirit Lord, would you take away my visceral fat? Yeah. Could he do it? Yeah, instantly. And I could, and, and, and people are like, that's a silly illustration. That's no different than me praying, God, take away my hunger for alcohol. Yeah. God, take away this, this, this fat on my belly. Because let's think about all the, the side effects of being overweight. Sure. Okay, so heart disease. Yep. Diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, bad knees, arthritis, Uh, uh, even mental, like uh, body image issues, body image stuff. Right. Okay. So if God, I could argue, God, if you're loving, if if you want me to become like Jesus, just take this away from me. Okay. Why doesn't, why doesn't God, well, one, why don't we pray for that more often? Why are we so quick to want to pray that God would take away? And again, I'm saying we could, we could pray for it. I think, I think it's perfectly acceptable to pray for it. Mm -hmm. 
But nobody is shocked when somebody who's overweight, if they pray, God, take away my fat, that their fat's not taken away. Yeah. But we'll pray, God, uh, I'm struggling with alcohol. Take away my desire for alcohol. Sure. Okay. So now getting back into that, what you're saying is he may keep you in that because to take it away from you instantaneously as he could would uh, actually be a deficit to your relationship with him. Um, and you're trying to invoke a sense of dependency on God through this thing. So instead of maybe God healing your addiction to alcohol immediately, uh, God take away my desire for alcohol Maybe his answer to that prayer is giving you a desire to be in a community of people where you can be vulnerable about your alcohol. Yeah. Oh, oh so let's think about those four gifts that we have, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So if I come in and we have a celebrate recovery, right? Yeah. AA, if you're, you're in something, if I'm in celebrate recovery and, and here's where I talk about, I don't like the word of work because when we think of works, mm -hmm. when it comes to God, we think of salvation. Mm -hmm. We're talking about healing now. Well, and we're talking about desire. And desire, right? But now I, I go... Okay, one, I'm in God's Word. Now, maybe I struggle with God's Word. I'm mm -hmm. still not understanding it. Now, I believe that even if you don't understand God's Word, when you read it, God still does something through it. Yeah. Uh, the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're new to the Holy Spirit. You don't You don't know. If, uh, often we associate the Holy Spirit with feelings. I think that's just a, a really misunderstanding of the Spirit, though God, the Holy Spirit, does often use feelings. But I think the question becomes this. What happens when the Lord says, I'm not going to take that away from you quickly. Mm. I'm going to let you wrestle through it. I'm going to let you learn dependence on me. And here's the resources that I've given you because I do want healing for you, but I want ultimate healing for you. And the ultimate healing for you is not just let, let's use my visceral fat. Sure. What would happen if I just prayed and God goes, you're right, Jason, I'm going to make this easy for you. And all of a sudden I go from a size 34 to a size 29. Sure. Now, I might go, that praise God, oh, it's amazing, that's incredible. Five years from now, do you think I'm still going to be like, hey, God did that? No, what I'm probably going to do just because I'm a, well, I know me, <laughs> I'm going to get fat again, and then I'm going to go to the Lord, mm. and I'm going to say, God, heal this. Mm -hmm. And and now, instead of actually putting in the work and realizing there's discipline and effort that needs to take place, now what I've done is I've used God. I'm desperate for the healing, but I'm not desperate to know the healer. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And another layer to this is that maybe maybe that's not the issue. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it if maybe it's a, I don't know, uh, where do I want to go with this? Say someone has a pornography addiction and they pray take away this pornography edition, take away this pornography edition. And maybe for a time they feel overwhelmed by the spirit and they, they, yep. they do well and they go back to it is because it, they actually have a desire for relationship or they have a desire for uh, well meaningful relationship or, or they have a different desire, but pornography is the outlet the, the improper outlet that they're using to reach that desire. Or it's a desire for control or they're yeah. dealing with, they're dealing with uh, traumas that haven't been dealt with. So they're asking for healing for something that actually isn't the core issue. Yeah. And I think, and again, we don't know God's wisdom, mm -hmm. but when we think about the issue of becoming, becoming requires and becoming anything requires hard work. Mm -hmm. Like even, okay. Um, let's take somebody who's a savant. Okay. Someone who just, I was listening to, uh, oh my gosh, Char uh, Charlie Puth. Okay. Have you ever, phenomenal music has perfect pitch. Sorry, don't know. Okay, so he's, you've heard songs that he has, but he has perfect pitch. And I was listening to an interview he was doing, I think it was with uh, Jimmy Fallon or one of those guys. 
And he goes, so you can hear and you can tell what any note is. Yeah. He goes, yeah. That's, mm. And he goes, no, as musicians, we don't like to talk about this. Sure. Because it makes other musicians, it's such a, it's a braggy it's thing, like, right? Look at my gold star. Okay. So now he actually, he has perfect pitch. Okay. Did he still have to learn what the notes were? Yeah. Uh, how about to become a musician? Did he just all of a sudden pick up a guitar and he knew a G right. and he could play a C and yeah. a D? No, perfect pitch meant he had more skill, so he was more adept to learn that thing, mm -hmm. but he still had to put in the work. What is that movie, August Rush? Yeah, right? <laughs> and what some people think is they're like, well, oh, well, naturally gifted people. No, guess what? Even a naturally gifted athlete still has to put in the work yeah. to become, mm -hmm. to, to step into the fullness of who they want to become as a person, as a Christian. Yeah. The Bible, according to Romans and according, according to James, it tells us that God uses our suffering to produce us, to help us become those things. And I think what happens is so often we want God, we want to shortcut the hard work. Okay. And that's not loving or kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, in fact, right now, okay, so uh, I'm sorry, so much of this has to do with the weight loss right no, now. I don't I, well, to... here, I even have maybe a different one. Yeah. So... Uh, say your student is suffering with their math skills. Yeah. And instead of sitting down as a parent would and say, hey, let's talk about these division skills. Let's talk about these multiplication skills. You just go get the answers for them. Did they learn anything? They learned nothing. They learned nothing. They yeah. didn't progress. They still struggled. Yeah, maybe they got through that moment, that test, but they're still going to live with the, 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 the struggles that they had to begin with. And in fact... What, they're, what we're learning is compound skills. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes what we don't realize is when you do the hard work in one area, it's actually preparing you for a totally unrelated area. Sure. But it's that compound skill, right? Yeah. And if we look at God's healing, if we look at doing the hard things of becoming like Christ, um, oh, let's go back to the addiction issue, okay? okay. Or actually, oh, let's any any issue. Yeah. Someone says, well, God, heal me. And God says, I want to. Here's what I want you to do. Sure. I want you to be in community. Yeah. I want you to... Be dependent upon my word. I mm -hmm. want you, uh, I want you to the learn the spirit. I want you to pray, yeah. and now all of a sudden your desires change over time. Yeah, and it's not that did God still heal? Yes, He just didn't do it instantaneously. I, I like it. It's like uh, when someone's angry, it's like uh, God make me less of an angry person. And so he'll what he'll do is instead he'll give you an opportunity to not he'll put you in situations that might make you angry yeah and give you an opportunity to be merciful kind and patient yes and that's and and in that process of becoming i think we don't realize that there are there are holy hard things mm -hmm. that mm. jesus think about the cross yeah the cross was the hardest thing it was so hard that jesus actually said if it's possible i don't want to mm. do this lord I, I love that framework, holy hard things, because it's very easy to just drudge through and think the hard things are hard and that's all their point is to be. But if you look at them like that, holy? They're set apart. They do something in you, right? That's cool. But now you couple that with desperation. Mm -hmm. And think about, okay, so uh, we, uh, we look at Paul talks about in Corinthians um, that... You know, don't don't be like we don't run. When we run, we run for the prize, but we don't run for uh, a prize that's going to wither and fade. We run for an eternal prize. We don't just run aimlessly. We have a goal in mind, right? We don't just box to box. We're not fighting the air. We're fighting to win the prize. And then he tells us in Corinthians, he says, "But here's the thing: your our prize is an eternal one. It's eternal life with Christ, right? But the idea is there is that why do boxers, why do runners, why do athletes? I have friends who do marathons." They'll train for hours, mm -hmm. running insane distances. They run farther than I like to drive, <laughs> all for a prize. Shout out. 
right? No, I'm just kidding. And, I, and that's awesome. And, and strict training, Paul says in Timothy, he says, physical fitness has some value. Yeah. But how many Christians are willing to say, am I willing to train that hard to become like Jesus? Mm. And what we want is, but I, I think it should just happen. I go to church for an hour. I quoted John Tyson. He's one of my favorite pastors, pastor at uh, City Church in New York. Mm. And he, he posed this, and I, I actually shared this in my message on Sunday. This hit me upside the head. He said, did Jesus really die on the cross so that I could go to church for an hour a week? Blech. Like, is that the whole point? Yeah. Is that why Jesus died on a cross so that I could set aside an hour? And it wasn't meant to be a shameful thing. No. But think about how much we've made Christianity in our culture yeah. is not about becoming like Christ. It's becoming spiritual. Sure. Here's my spiritual activity. Here's the thing I do. I yeah. pray. I give a little bit of money. Maybe mm -hmm. I serve in something. And I think Jesus actually calls us to something deeper and greater where he's saying, no, I want so much more for you. Is it fair to go as far as to say that there's a difference uh, in being a Christian and being a disciple of Christ? Um, Christian, quote unquote, like brand. Yes. Uh, so I we use the language of believer versus disciple. Sure. In the Bible, believer is synonymous with disciple. Christian is synonymous yeah. with disciple. I didn't mean that a disciple of Christ isn't a Christian. I just mean like I almost like cr Christianity has adopted a brand. Yes. Actually, this is why um, you'll talk to or you'll hear about some people who were raised in the church who no longer call themselves Christians. They call themselves Christ followers. Sure. Because the term Christian has a black eye in yeah, their mind. Yeah. Same thing with evangelical. Evangelicalism is now associated with political party, not with not with following scripture or being passionate about seeing people reach for the gospel. Um, I think biblically we could argue believer, Christian, mm -hmm. those are terms that are synonymous in the Bible with disciples. Mm -hmm. But in our culture they're not. Sure. We have people who would say they're a Christian, but they actually want nothing to do with Christ in their life. They go to church maybe when they feel like it, which again, here's the thing. I'm just glad somebody goes to church. Right. But if we're going to look, take seriously this challenge of becoming like Christ, becoming like Christ happens through the hard things. Mm -hmm. It is not easy. And sometimes I wonder, and this certainly seems to be the experience that I've had, I wonder if the reason why God doesn't just miraculously deliver us from sin is because every time I'm confirmed with that sin, it's an opportunity for me to say, Jesus, I need your help. Holy Spirit, I need you. It's a it's an opportunity for me to come to my brother in Christ and say, Man, I'm I'm struggling right now. I need my I need my Christian community. But here's what happens. You know what we usually do? We get confronted with that sin, and instead of calling our friend in Christ, instead of going to the Word, instead of praying, instead of saying, Holy Spirit, give me the strength I need, we sit there and go, Where are you, God? And mm. God's like, I I I'm already here. I've given you my word. Yeah. I've given you my spirit. I gave you prayer and I gave you community. Mm. And then we're like, well, God didn't heal me. No, you didn't want the healing. Mm. I, I've talked to, I had this conversation actually several times where I've talked with friends who are struggling with addictions, right? Sure. And I'll say, and it, it couldn't, it could be any number of things. We often associate addictions with two things, alcohol and drugs. But right. I would argue all human beings are addicts. It's just what you're addicted to, to something. Right. Yeah. Um, but I had somebody say, Jason, uh, you know, I'm, I, I struggle with this addiction. I think it was for this person, it might have been alcohol. And I said, hey, you should go check out Celebrate Recovery. Well, I don't want to do that. Mm. 
well, why not? Well, I'd rather try it. I'd rather try it my way. And I'm like, how's that working for you so far? For those that don't know, Celebrate Recovery is just a community we have of uh, individuals who gather not just for addiction purposes, but for any sort of hurt, habit, or hang up. That's uh, right. Just contextually, so you know. Yeah, and 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 but their response is, well, I'd rather do it my way. So then you're actually not serious about wanting help. Mm-hmm. Being it's, in the community aspect. That's right. Or it's the Christian saying, well, I don't feel close to God. Well, read God's word. Well, I don't like to read. Okay. Or uh, or me. For years, I struggle with praying. Sure. So I prayed, but it was very, it was very, not, I wouldn't say rare, but it wasn't intentional. Sure. Right? Um, and God is, I wonder if God is saying, wait, wait, wait. In order to become anything in life, it takes hard work mm-hmm. and it takes some level of desperation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. Okay. I, I, I love watching the Chiefs because Patrick Mahomes is fun to watch. Sure. He's won two Super Bowls in four years. Okay. Right? That's incredible. Took hard work. Took hard work, but was it enough? Did it satisfy him? No, because he wants to win another one. Yeah. What is he desperate for? That next win. And so what does he do? He goes to the gym. He eats right. Okay. He makes decisions every day because he's desperate for something, right? Cool. If someone's desperate for healing in their life, mm-hmm. but they were not willing to do things, then they're really not desperate. If yeah. you're, if you're, When you're desperate for God, yeah. you're going to want to do things that are going to draw you to God. But most of us are like, well, God, come and meet me where I am. And he's like, I already did that. That was called Jesus. Yeah. Take steps. And, and hard day. things. Yeah. We need to be willing to do hard things, the holy hard things. Yeah. But they're born out of desperation to know God and love God. And what if, what if the reason, I believe sometimes I actually know people who have been healed from diseases and sicknesses. But instead of going, I was healed and then they went off and did their thing, they actually, they drew closer to Christ. Yeah. It's also interesting not viewing the healing as, as okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be careful about how I say this, that the healing isn't always the end goal because we're go- all going to be healed eventually. All in Christ are going to be All in Christ are going to be yeah. healed, right? So, but if, if, imagine that person who maybe does struggle with this and maybe the, it doesn't get healed, but their, their entire life, they took steps every single day. They actually dove in. They did the hard work. They, they dove in. What, how, how different you think their life is going to look unless they just decided to keep living in, in the, in not doing it. And that. I would argue they actually got something better than healing. Interesting. Because what if the person, them getting to know Christ. Sure. Was better than just having that addiction, that craving taken away, that sickness. Paul, it says that Paul had a thorn in his flesh that he prayed three times. Mm-hmm. That's Paul. Yeah. The apostle Paul. <laughs> like, you want to talk about somebody, a man of faith. If yeah. there's somebody that God could have said, Paul, you deserve to you be know what? healed. Yeah, right? I'll take it. It's fine. And it says he prayed three times and the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm. What if, what if your, that addiction, does God want you an addiction? Absolutely not. No. But what if that addiction consistently keeps you dependent upon the Lord? And, and God graciously is like, hey, I don't want this for you, but I want, I want me for you more. And God knows you better than you do. He knows me better than I do. Mm-hmm. He knows that if I don't, if, if he were just to take something away from me, instead of leaning deeper into him, I'd probably just go back to my old ways. Mm-hmm. Because that's what my track record has shown me. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where God's wisdom is different than mine. Yeah. So when I look at God, why did you do this for somebody and not this? Well, one, that's the sin of comparison. Sure. And now I'm upset. I'm jealous because God acted one way for one person, but not that way for me. Well, that's not fair because there are things in my life that God has blessed me with that he hasn't blessed them. Yeah. And 
And also the other side of it is sometimes the things that we have have nothing to do with God. They're just my own choices. Mm-hmm. And God is saying, I love you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you make this choice mm. because I want you to trust me more. Okay, so I'll, I'll end with this because this is a great conversation. But uh, my kids, okay. I've been trying to teach my kids for years. Every time we tell them not to do something, we're not trying to be mean. We're doing it because we love them and we have experience. I'd love to say we had wisdom, but I did the same thing my kids do, which is I don't care what somebody tells me. I have to figure it out myself, right? Sure. Okay, so imagine my kid keeps on making the same bad decision over and over again. I could lock them up in the room, <laughs> never let them outside. Never and let them and, make that mistake and again. And they'll never make that mistake again, sure. right? And I could go, ha, that's good parenting. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Because what happens when they become 18 and they live outside the house? They're going to go start making that choice. Same decision, right? Yeah. Now instead, I discipline, they make that bad decision, I, I ground them, whatever. Mm-hmm. But over time, they start realizing, oh, wait, wait, maybe I'm supposed to trust my dad when he says not to do this, and they have to have the pain and to you, do it first. And you don't just discipline them, you discipline and redirect. Yes. And it's always, here's why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Here's Instead of this, do this, and here's why. And what if God is saying the same thing? You're choosing sin over God. Mm. And God is saying, no, I'm going to let you keep on choosing that until you figure it out. There was a song by DC Talk in the 90s. It was my favorite song, Hard Way. Some people got to learn the hard way. I guess I'm the kind of guy who's got to find out for myself. (laughs) Oh, wow. And and I wonder if that process of becoming, and and let's talk again what kind of what our goal in this podcast is. Yep. If you want to become anything in life, but especially if you want to become a Christian, you will not become that unless you're willing to and desperate to do the hard things. Mm. And desperation leads to hard things. If my kid was sick, I would move heaven and earth to get my kid well. I would do anything I could to get healing for my kid. Why? Because I'm desperate. Yeah. If I'm truly desperate for healing, I'm going to I'm going to pursue the healer. Now he may choose to heal me or not, and that's the point where if I get to know him, ultimately I will be healed in Christ. Mm. If I'm desperate enough, I'm willing to do the hard things. What happens when our desperation isn't holy, but unholy? Well, now we do the hard things for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And think about addicts. How many addicts do you know? And I know addicts who have made, who've done incredibly hard things, and they didn't give it a second thought because they were desperate for that high. Mm. And this applies to all things in our life. So now what happens when the holy thing, when we're desperate for God, and God is saying, are you really desperate for me? If you're desperate, you would do anything to be there, which is uh, King David in Psalm 27. One thing I ask, one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. That one thing, he's literally saying above all, I don't, and nothing else matters to me. This is it, God. I just want you. I want, I want your presence. I don't care what else there is in the world. I don't need fame. I don't need money. I don't need security. I just need you. That's a cry of desperation. All right, so here's the challenge I want to give everybody if you're listening. And, and, and if, you know, we asked last week, who do you want to become? Take seriously. Ask, who do you want to become in Jesus? Who does Jesus want you to become? Here's the thing that God's been really pushing on me. Am I desperate for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And if I am, what is the hard thing that God's asking me to do to help me get there? What's the strict training, as Paul puts it in Corinthians? What is the what is the thing that an athlete goes into strict training to win the, win the prize? What's the thing that God is saying, Jason, I want you to practice self-control because there's a greater prize. And it's me. And it's eternity with me. And how does that shape my day? Yeah. How does that shape what I, uh, what I crave and hunger? And mm-hmm. 
those still those cravings exist, but all of a sudden in time, my cravings shift as my desires shift. Yeah. And when Jesus becomes my desire, the hard things become holy things. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, hey, if you found this helpful, do us a favor. Uh, share this. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear your comments. I actually, I'd love to get feedback from our listeners. Yeah. Um, trying to think of some names, but what... What would you like to see in this podcast? What are some areas where you want to be encouraged? I also want to say I'm really excited for the next month. Um, we're going to be looking at what it means to be holy, holy, mm-hmm. W-H-O-L-L-Y, H-O-L-Y. And my hope is I actually, I've got a friend of mine who's a psychologist or who's a therapist, counselor, I think counselor. Is there a difference between a therapist and a counselor? Yes. Okay. She's a counselor. Uh, I'm hoping to have her come on and talk a little bit about mental health and discipleship. Uh, we're going to talk about that, the holistic that, God actually cares about not just our quote-unquote spiritual life. That God wants us to become holy in all of the things of our lives. And what does that look like? And how do we do that in a way that's not shame-filled? Yes. And and rooted in, I didn't do enough. But more of, no, like, God really cares about what we do with our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and how do we approach that? And how do we do that in, in a grounded way? That doesn't make us feel like garbage (laughs) because, again, so often it's easy to go, I'm not doing enough. Man, our hope is to encourage and inspire, but also to challenge. Yeah. Um, So, hey, thanks for watching. Uh, Man, I'm so grateful to have you on here. This is great. And I'm looking forward. I think God's going to do some wonderful things through this. For those who've been watching, thank you so much for sharing means a lot to us that you share this with your friends and and be praying for us. Be praying for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, We're wanting it to be an encouragement for people. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're, and we're praying for this podcast and we're praying that, uh, that you hearing it right now um, can, can gain anything from it at all. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching. All right. Me, all do, right. I, do you want to end it again like we did last how night? Because last I, night? I cut I it and it was so nice. We, we just fist bump like oh, yeah, this. Yeah. yeah.